0: Hey, preseason week is in the books, which means two things. The Ravens won again. So they win every preseason game. <laughs> and we have uh, some winners and losers and some rankings, risers, and fallers to talk about here. And you know what, guys? I, I was thinking, hey, is this show, are we just going to overreact everything? And then I went back a year ago and I looked at our winners and losers from last year. Let me read you some of the winners here. Damian Pierce, Jalen Hurts. Trey Lance, okay, whatever, Travis Etienne, Naeem Hines, Isaiah Pacheco, George Pickens, Romeo Dobbs. There's a pretty good list of winners. How about the losers? Antonio Gibson, Ronald Jones, DeAndre Swift was a loser, uh, Mike Gasicki, Sky Moore, Chase Claypool, DJ Chark. You guys did a great job last year with winners and losers, so there is a lot to be learned, even from one weekend of preseason games. Jamie, what do you look for in preseason games? What actually matters to you?
2: Um, playing time who they're playing with. I think those are big, you know, uh, what situations they come off the field for, you know, in terms of running backs, uh, some receivers as well, obviously with, you know, three receiver sets, two receiver sets. But a lot of it is when are they playing in the part in the part of the game that they're on the field? You know, so are they with the starters in some degree or are they with more with the backups?
0: How about you? Heath? Same question. What do you look for? What matters?
3: Well, that's—I mean—that—that's what matters most. Um, like, the, I will say for the second half performances, especially for the rookies, like you're just looking for guys who look like, oh, like he should be an NFL player. Hmm. There were a couple of rookies that we're going to talk about—one who I think is on the winners list, and one who I maybe didn't put on the winners list—who were rookies who didn't didn't play with the starters necessarily, but. But man, they looked good. Like I don't, I didn't. I'll just say one right now. Like I didn't put Deuce Vaughn on the winners because he's like RB four right now on the Cowboys. But you cannot watch that dude's runs and the way he moves and say that he doesn't deserve to be on the field with an NFL team. Like maybe he'll get hurt, but he's incredible.
0: Yeah, I'm having trouble remembering which running, running back it was, but one of the running backs in that competition fumbled, which is which is not Deuce Vaughn. So we're looking for, yeah, we're looking for backups here, things like that, who can move up the depth chart. So, um, okay, that's what we're looking for in the preseason. So with that being said, who's a big rankings riser for you, Jamie? Big rankings riser or just preseason winner? But I guess uh, specify if you're actually moving this person up in the rankings.
2: Uh, I move both up. I'll just say the same team, Uh, two guys from the Bears uh, that scored touchdowns because the only reason is that they scored touchdowns. Um, But DJ Moore and, and Khalil Herbert, you know, just seeing that, they, Herbert mostly, just because I, I think there's, there's some questions, and I think there still should be some questions in regard to what is going to happen with this backfield for, for Herbert, but the fact that he played 100% of the snaps with Justin Fields, or the starting group, and Deontay Foreman was a clear backup, Roshan Johnson, clear backup. You know, I, I think those guys are going to have a role to whatever degree, we'll find out, but Herbert being involved in the passing game, and, and, and his performance was huge. Uh, but playing 100% of snaps. And then, look, DJ Moore was somebody that I was like, I feel like I'm too low to begin with. And so he bumped up a couple spots. It's not like it was a dramatic you know, change, but um, did move up a couple spots in my rankings just because it, it was something that I was toying with anyway. And, you know, just hard to overlook what the potential could be for for what that offense has to offer him and, and what he could offer it as well.
0: All right, so you moved him to wide receiver 16. Are these updated ahead of Judy and Allen? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Heath, I'll bring you in here because you're still not as high based on the rankings that I'm seeing on the website. Maybe they're not updated. You still have DJ Moore, 23rd. He had a 60-plus yard touchdown catch and run on a wide receiver screen. Um, Your thoughts on DJ Moore?
3: Yeah, I definitely moved him up a couple of spots, but like one of the guys who I left him behind was Jahan Dotson, who I'm the high guy on, I know, but I I have a hard time making Jahan Dotson a faller after that incredible route that he ran and and as good as he looked in, in limited action. Um, so I, I do think like the positive was that the short throws that we saw from Justin Fields and specifically on the Herbert play, like throwing that ball to the running back and not just taking off and running. Now, maybe it's because he wasn't allowed to take off and run in a preseason game. And when it gets to, to live action, he's still going to do that. But I am hopeful like those short area targets for both Herbert and DJ Moore, um, would be really big for Justin Fields.
0: All right. It was good to see. Um, Jamie, did we talk about who you moved Herbert ahead of?
2: What did I move Herbert ahead of? Uh, I moved him ahead of, I I mean, I I dropped both Eagles running backs because who knows what the hell is happening there, but uh, I moved him ahead of Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift. I think he might have been ahead of Swift already, but moved him ahead of both those guys.
0: Okay. Uh, Heath, who's a big rankings riser for you? Those two were definitely on the list, but I will um
3: I'll I'll reference what Jamie said, Kenneth Gainwell, and he and he's still my third running back in this Eagles backfield. And it doesn't have anything really to do with him not playing, but just that there's so much noise coming out about Gainwell Gainwell still having a role and I'd kind of just assumed that as long as both guys were healthy, we'd see Penny on early downs and short yardage and we'd see DeAndre Swift with the explosive plays and on passing downs. I'm not sure Rashad Penny's going to make this team. Like it might be Kenneth Gainwell and DeAndre Swift in the backfield. So still, like I said, Gainwell, not someone I'm drafting in the first 10 rounds, but he wasn't somebody I was really drafting much at all before this past week. So, so a big rise for him and, and somebody that in that RB 50 range for now.
0: Okay. Okay. And that's kind of where Gainwell is. Gainwell is RB55 on Pr- Fantasy Pros, but no date range on Fantasy Pros. I use Fantasy Pros because it pulls in ADP from a few different sources. NFC, if you just look at since August 11th, uh, that's Friday. Swift is RB17, Penny is RB39, and Gainwell is RB46. So still RB17 for for Swift. That's No chance. He's not in my top 30. Let me make sure I didn't have a typo there, because honestly, that might be 27. I may have messed that up, but uh, that does not sound right. Swift. All right, I'll I'll get back to that in a minute, but all right. um, We should talk about Swift when we talk about rankings fallers. We'll talk about the the Eagles backfield again. Um, I want to get your thoughts on Alvin Kamara. If I had a winner, I think it might be Kamara. First of all, the Saints offense facing the Chiefs, most of the Chiefs starters uh, not their best defensive player, Chris Jones. He's in a contract dispute, but the Saints' offense came out and looked terrific, spread the ball around. But Kamara had a couple of carries. He had a couple of catches all on one drive. Um, I thought that was encouraging to see. And then Jamal Williams just. Ugh, he, he, they, they've had well, some good backups in the past. Jamal Williams, I don't know if he is. So <laughs> I don't well, know. How there, you there, about- there,
2: okay, there's a me? plus and a minus to what might have happened to Kamara if, uh, if you're going back to what happened a week ago. So Kendra Miller yeah. hurts his knee, and who knows how much time he's going to be out? Does that put them back in the Kareem Hunt conversation, which would be probably bad for Camaro? But if Miller's out for an extended period of time and Jamal Williams is Jamal Williams, then yeah, Camaro come week four could be amazing.
3: And and as much as you love to crap on Jamal yeah, Williams, I like do. he is still the same guy that NFL coaches have always liked more than you do. And he's still going to receive. Like they they, they, yeah, they still gave him that contract. He's they liked still going him so to receive so
0: much touches. in Detroit that they got rid of him and said, We need our running backs to be better. We need our running backs to do more with what they what they were, you know, given with blocking. We didn't get enough from our running back. I mean, that's what they said. So obviously they didn't like him that much in Detroit.
3: Well, they liked him a lot more than DeAndre Swift or anybody else they had on their roster last year.
0: They liked him because he could stay healthy. DeAndre Swift couldn't stay healthy. I, I bet you that they'd rather give the ball to DeAndre Swift if they could just keep him on the field. I, if they liked him so much, it would have brought him back.
3: Well, he, he was pretty expensive, and they got that better guy, Dave Montgomery, another guy you hate.
0: I'm saying is Jamal Williams, <laughs> you know, he's not Mark Ingram. So, I, I don't know. I just thought the fact that he had two catches, the fact that they have, you know. But see, this, this is, is the type
3: of thing that I just don't like. Two catches for a guy who's 28 years old and has been in the NFL for as long. I, could, I just don't care at all.
0: Okay, I just thought that their offense looked good against, first team, against the first-team defense. And I'm not overreacting too much, but uh, it was nice to see the involvement, at least, for Kamara. Uh, very involved. Um, okay, well, anyway, uh, let's uh, tell you what's coming up this week. We got sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Not in that order. Sleepers tomorrow, busts on Wednesday. Breakouts, we're, g- we're going to record on Wednesday night. We're going to do four breakout episodes, be about 20 minutes each. We'll try to bring in an industry guest for each position. So that will uh, air on Thursday audio wise, Tuesday night or Wednesday night video wise. Speaking of Tuesday night, we have a live stream Tuesday night. What kind of draft are we doing this week, Jamie?
2: Uh, Just a regular 12 team PPR.
0: All right. So be there at 8 p.m. Eastern. Join us for a live mock draft and you'll see the draft.
2: And we are giving away, we're we're auctioning off, I don't know what what the right way to phrase it, for St. Jude, uh, two spots. So you can find that on the, whatever the eBay page is, Adam. I know you have that address. Yes.
0: Okay. So you can get a lot of things here. So it's tinyurl.com/fftdonate. You can get a guest appearance on our podcast. We only have a day left for that. Two hundred and thirty-four bucks right now. We can do better than that. Uh, a spot in the there it is. A spot in the FFT PPR mock draft, and have Jamie Eisenberg recap your mock. What an honor.
2: <laughs> what an honor!
0: A hundred dollars right now. What,
2: what what that means is that we do a story associated with the drafts that we do, and the, uh, the the people that participate in the draft with us who donate to St. Jude will get featured in the story.
3: Now, are they guaranteed any sort of like positive review, or are they <laughs> potentially setting themselves up for public embarrassment?
2: I will probably spin it in a positive way. Like uh, your first five picks may have been a little questionable, but I really love what you did with your sixth round through eighth round.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but that's great. And and you'll we'll be drafting, we'll be doing the draft live at YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, Tuesday night at eight o'clock. So you can tell all your friends, hey, I'm on YouTube, kind of. But anyway, uh, it's all for a great cause. It's all for St. Jude. It starts at hundred dollars. Let's see how much we can get those going for. Last thing is FFT Dynasty Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. Hear Heath Cummings on FFT Dynasty, and uh, that is a separate podcast feed. It's in the same YouTube feed, but it's a separate podcast feed. So look for Fantasy Football Today Dynasty wherever you listen to podcasts. All right, let's get into our biggest ranking fallers. Heath, uh, wh- what do you got?
3: Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think it was probably related to anybody playing, but I have moved uh, Jonathan Taylor down to round three. And I know he's supposed to be coming back this week, but I hated that little caveat that was added onto it, that he has told the team that he will not be practicing or playing until unless he is 100%. Um, how many running backs are 100% for multiple games in an NFL season? It's a brutal position. It's one of the reasons I think these guys are so irritated over not having the ability to go earn the money that everybody else does, because they take 350 hits a season if they're good. Right. Um, I I just I don't feel good about. I feel worse about Taylor than I do Jacobs right now.
0: Do you t- feel better about Ramondre Stevenson than Jonathan Taylor at this point? I haven't moved
3: Stevenson at all, and he was at the end of round three, so I still have Taylor ahead of him. But I think that's a fair discussion, and anybody I think anybody who's really excited about Stevenson should like him more than Taylor right now.
0: Jamie.
2: I'm not there yet. I don't. I don't think this is anything more than you know the continued posturing about the contract uh, that he's saying he's not going to be 100% healthy. I mean, look, if he if he if he got a contract tomorrow, I'm guessing he's practicing. So I, I I don't think this is anything more than the continued posturing about what the stance has been that I'm not going to play unless I'm satisfied to some degree. So I'm not. I'm not. My, my opinion on Taylor has not changed as a result of what happened.
3: I just think the way he's going about it actually leaves like that. You, we, you've talked about it before. The NFL has basically legislated out the ability to hold out. Like it's just a, it's a terrible situation for the players if they try to hold out and miss games. Now I do think the angle he's going with it is the one way you can maybe do that and pull it off. It's kind of the thing Dobbins is trying to pull off right now. If you just say my ankle is not okay. Yeah. I, I don't know that they can find you for that. Uh Correct.
2: It's different than than Jacob's situation because he's not under contract technically. He has not signed his right. his franchise deal. So yes, he he is a hold in, and that's like I said. I, I I think if he was paid, he's practicing. This is his way of getting out of not practicing without being fined.
0: Okay, uh, we just got some breaking news on Zach Ertz. We'll tell you about that in just a little bit here, uh, Jamie. Who's a rankings faller for you? <sighs>
2: I mean, aside from the, uh, the Eagles running backs and the, um, you know, the flip side of Khalil Herbert, so Deontay Foreman, because I didn't like the fact of what when he was playing. Uh, Greg Dolchitz, um, you know, the fact that Adam Troutman is playing ahead of him is not good for a guy that's coming with Sean Payton to Denver. Uh, that could be bad, you know, for a guy that I think had some breakout potential. And still might, but it's, uh, it's just tough to say that he's got that same upside if he's not even number one on the depth chart Again, that could change, and I don't think that Troutman's better than him. Um but if they're going to feature Troutman to whatever extent they're going to feature him, you know, whether it's first and second down because he's a better blocker or you know, he's getting some third down opportunities or some red zone opportunities, any any player at that position playing ahead of Dolchitz is it's hard to trust. So I didn't drop him tremendously, but I did put the two rookie tight ends ahead of him who were right behind him for me. Okay. So Kincaid and, and Laporta have moved up and Dolchitz has moved down behind them.
0: The word pathetic comes to mind when thinking about the Broncos offense this past weekend. Uh, <laughs> what did I text you about Wilson? Dump Wilson or something? Dust, you, dust, dust Wilson. Wilson. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've been, for those of you just tuning in, I've been pretty excited about the idea of drafting Russell Wilson with one of my last picks. Uh, it's, you know, it's free, and there are a lot of reasons why he could bounce back. I would like to see a little bit better going forward because that was awful. Uh, they didn't have Mike McGlinchey, their starting right tackle, but. Their are offensive line stunk. He looked like Russ of last year. He just looked kind of clueless. Um, so it was that was an ugly, ugly outing. And, there.
2: and for anybody who's just looking at box scores and you see the Judy touchdown and you see the way that he finished with over hundred passer rating, they left him in. They left yeah. the the starting offense in against the backups uh, on purpose because they wanted to get some something positive out of that. So Judy's touchdown was nice, but it was it was against you know second teamers at best, and uh, that that's that's a little scary.
3: It's about the most Jerry Judy preseason game there could be, isn't it? A terrible drop and score a touchdown and make an awesome play on it.
0: And got out-targeted by Sutton. Sutton had five targets. So uh, let's talk about the Eagles running backs here because I think one thing I've learned throughout the years is that preseason week two could could change your winners and losers, right? Like the Broncos, for example, could go out and look great next week and we could feel better about them. Or the Eagles next week are probably going to play Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott. I say next week. I mean this upcoming week. You're probably going to see them. Apparently Nick Sirianni just wanted to see his newcomers this year. The only you know potential starters that played were uh, – I think on offense were just DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny, if you want to call them potential starters. But you might see all of them next week or this upcoming week, week two of preseason. So, yeah, I, I wonder, you know, what to do with DeAndre Swift, if things are going to change a lot in the next week. Because If there's a positive for Swift, guys, I think it's this. He started ahead of Penny, and he played running back. He ran the football. He had, a like, a 24-yard gain on a really nice run. It wasn't just a gimmicky guy out in space, like lining up at receiver. It was a running back. So uh, I think you kind of get the point here. Are we going to lower him too much and then next week kind of do a Mia culpa? Is that going to happen? Uh, Jamie, where do you have DeAndre Swift now in your rankings? I just,
2: I just dropped him a, a spot or two. It's not like I, I panicked. Uh, on, on really any of them. And I agree with Heath. Gainwell should still be drafted right now as the third if you're doing a draft in the next couple of days prior to we, till we see that. The problem is, is that it's not just the preseason game. It was the lead-up to the preseason game. And this is before, I think, anybody that was reporting it knew that those guys were definitely not going to play in terms of Gainwell and Scott. And so uh, from what you're seeing coming out of it, and Heath alluded to this, is it going to be if they're only carrying three tailbacks is it Penny competing for that fourth or four box? I guess is, is Penny competing for that fourth spot and going to be either a on the roster bubble and b not active every week. So it's just, it's just a little telling right now that the, the lead up to it was that. And then the, the, the eyeball, t- not the eyeball, t- but the, the product was that, you know, on the field. And so, yes, Swift looked good. The 22 yard run was nice. He had a nice cut and, you know, made it you know, bounce the outside, but you got to know what you're dealing with, with him as well. You know, he's an injury prone guy. So it would not be shocking at all if two things happen. One, if this is as much of a committee backfield as we're going to have in the NFL, where there's three guys touching the ball on a weekly basis, again, maybe four, or are they just not happy with what they have and they bring somebody else in because there are still a couple guys out there that could be a big hindrance to this entire backfield. So uh, if, if it's Gainwell right now and you're drafting him late, you might get a steal if it's Penny and he falls, he might get a steal. Uh, but I, I think right now the safest one is probably DeAndre Swift because it would be very surprised if he doesn't have some semblance of a role. And at least you know maybe the passing down work gets better. They throw the ball to the running backs more. Or he does happen to be the best running back there from a running downs perspective and could be an absolute steal if they give him that work and he stays healthy.
3: And I'm, and I'm curious because I, I didn't move Swift or Penny because I felt like I was already – quite a bit lower on them, but I've got Swift as RB thirty-two in round eight. Penny is RB thirty-eight in round 10, 11 turn. So like I I'm not excited about drafting either of them. I don't think I've drafted one of them yet this season, but I think that's still below ADP, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Uh Swift I was so I did have a typo before he's RB twenty seven in fantasy pros or sorry in NFC since Friday. Uh, Swift, let's see where he is in fantasy. Yeah, it's below ADP. <laughs> yes, he's RB twenty six in Fantasy Pros.
2: Our R, ADP Adam, if you want to start to use it, is yeah. is actually pretty close. Um, you know, so in terms of running backs, sorry, I've the wrong thing. Um, that's about where they are too, I think.
0: In the mid twenties. Okay, so would you rather have DeAndre Swift or James Cook?
3: Oh, Cook, oh, cool. but I've been there yeah. for a while. Cook by 10 spots. Would you rather
0: have... All right, we'll get closer as we keep going. DeAndre Swift or Samaje Pirine? Pirine. DeAndre Swift or Cam Akers?
3: Akers. Akers. A.J. Dillon. Dillon dylan but now we're getting closer
0: all right all right so let's take a break we come back we'll have a lot more rankings uh winners and losers and risers and fallers to tell you about and we'll just go through some of the preseason stuff maybe some backup jobs zamir white for example uh he might matter you never know in las vegas and i thought he had a pretty nice preseason game even though the stats weren't made me so
3: angry when i saw that in the notes made me so why The guy averages
0: 3.3 yards per yeah,
3: carry, and I, we get a Amir
0: White is good. I'm not, I'm not as good. I'm not as into yards per carry as you think I am. I mean, I thought he ran pretty well. He scored a short yardage touchdown. He was clearly the guy uh, when they opened the game, and then he came out of the game. So, y- young Jamal Williams. Dude, Jamal Williams sucks. Like, he sucks. <laughs> I, I'm right about this. I hate being right about things that you make me keep telling you how right I am. I'm right. All right, got to take a break. When we come back, news and notes, Devonte Adams, Joe Burrow, Zach Ertz, Ken Walker, and more.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Okay. Heath, Devonte Adams hurt his leg. Did he not?
1: Yeah, I
3: think
0: so. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how serious it is. It doesn't sound serious, but Devante his coach does. said it didn't think it was serious. So I think he said it wasn't super serious. Just say it's not serious. Don't throw the soup in there. Okay. Thought he looked better than Zamir White. He did.
2: (laughs) He might be better than Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, Devontae Adams hurt his leg. Joe Burrow is making good progress. Zach Ertz expected to be ready for week one. Should Zach Ertz or Trey McBride be drafted?
2: I think it's hard to justify drafting either one as a starting tight end. For your fantasy team, but I think if you're going to take a shot on a second tight end, I would probably lean toward the younger of the two, just because of the potential recurrence of injury. So that's my take.
3: This is uh, like one of those situations where I think like I don't actually believe the the Cardinals players or coaches think they are tanking this year, and so I expect Zach Ertz to be the tight end one at the beginning of the year. But I think Jamie's right; like the hope is that you get to pick up Trey McBride after Ertz gets hurt.
0: Okay, it's
2: also a situation with a very very. I don't want to say incomplete, but an incomplete receiving core. You know, it's it, we're, we're expecting Rondell Moore to take this huge leap, which has never really happened, and Michael Wilson to be a significant playmaker in his rookie campaign. And all the while, Colt McCoy might have to support these guys. <laughs> you know, it's like we might see a lot of you know two tight end sets now.
4: Yeah,
0: well, I, I there was also talk about Clayton Toon potentially being a starter. I think based on what he did in the preseason game, he's going to have to be better than that uh, unless they are just tanking. Ken Walker's back. Ken Walker, currently a late round four pick or a mid-round four pick, depending on the website you look at. That's CBS, Fantasy Pros, Draft Sharks. So uh, we were talking about him. You guys were hoping to get Ken Walker in round six when we did our running backs preview. Now he's back at practice. So give me a round. On the side,
3: right? He's just doing work on the side, I think.
0: Okay. Like salad dressing.
3: I've not moved him up at all.
0: Okay. Still jam- round six for Walker?
2: Well, round six is where I would like to get him, but I would, I would consider it in round five if you know that's the next highest running back on my board.
0: If you were drafting today, would you draft Ken Walker or Alexander Madison? And I ask because you got this uh, Kareem Hunt stuff now where they even said, hey, Kareem Hunt might work for us. Madison or Ken Walker?
3: Until Kareem Hunt signs, I would take Madison. I might still take Madison, even if Kareem Hunt signs. I don't think Kareem Hunt's near as good as Zach Charbonnet at this point in their careers.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Does I, Kareem Hunt matter, Jamie?
2: It matters in terms of touches. He might not be better, but he's probably going to get similar to Jamal Williams. <laughs> like, these guys are probably going to get touches. I think the one thing that might sway them is Ty Chandler look pretty good. You know, So does that keep them from you know, going after Kareem Hunt, or is this more of an indication of Dwayne McBride is not ready as a seventh-round pick, and they just don't like their entire depth? behind Madison and Chandler
0: Uh, Jamie mentioned this earlier but Saints running back Kendry Miller left with a knee injury the Raiders signed running back Damian Williams here's a little here's a scary idea Uh, this is from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler as he reported from Lions camp Uh, the loose estimate I got in Detroit is 40 to 50 catches for Gibbs this year but keep this in mind with the Lions running game Campbell is a big David Montgomery fan. He brought Montgomery up unprompted to me as a player who can, quote, do it all, end quote, including as a pass catcher. That's a scary, scary excerpt there for anyone who's drafting Jameer Gibbs in round three.
3: If you, you like Jamal Williams, you're going to love David Montgomery.
0: <laughs> I, he's probably better than Jamal Williams, but... Jamie, you lo- you like Jameer Gibbs around yeah, almost Yeah, I'm not worried two. about
3: that at all.
2: I, okay. I I think, you know, as you've noted time and time again, ninth, what, over the last two seasons, three seasons in running back touches? You know, there there's a lot of opportunities here, especially in the passing game with what this receiving court looks like. So uh, Jameer Gibbs does not that, – that report does not scare me off of Jameer Gibbs at all.
0: Okay. Uh, top nine in both running back carries and running back targets <laughs> in each of the last two years, the Lions. Uh, Cleveland rookie running back Jerome Ford has a hamstring injury. We saw Demetric Felton start for them, and John Kelly also got a goal line carry. Um, I'm
2: surprised they're not looking at a running back. Like, that's really shocking to me.
3: Yeah. Kareem Hunt, I think that might tell
2: they're, you... They're, go ahead. Sorry,
3: go ahead. No. no, that might tell you what Kareem Hunt has left. The fact that they've got this group behind Nick Chubb and they didn't want to bring Kareem Hunt back.
2: It's fair. It could be a money thing, you know, as well. They got a lot of money tied into certain certain players, but... <laughs> It, just, it would be a little surprising, though, like that this is what they go with unless they feel like Ford's going to be ready and they really trust him.
0: Yeah, and speaking of those players they have a lot of money tied into, we should talk about Deshaun Watson. We will. First, I have, this will only take 10 seconds, an awesome TV show recommendation. I am hooked. I cannot stop watching. Have you guys watched The Bear? Oh, it is amazing. But now amazing. that you like it, I probably will not watch it. No, I promise you will like it. Please, Somebody in the YouTube chat, give me some love for The Bear. It's on Hulu. It's only 30, 25-minute, basically, episodes, I think. Um, it is outstanding. And I think I might, I'm going to end the show early so I can go watch it. Uh, hey, real quick, some combos. Who would you rather have? Hey, real quick, combos. Would you rather have Lamar Jackson and Travis Kelsey? Or Patrick Mahomes and Mark Andrews?
2: Uh, Mahomes and Andrews.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think so. Mahomes and Andrews over Jackson and Kelsey. Okay. That's a good one, though. Yeah, it Might be one of your best. Thank you. Would you rather have Cooper Cup and Tony Pollard or Bijan Robinson and Amonra St. Brown?
2: Bijan and Amonron.
0: <laughs> I'll take Cup and Pollard. Uh, I shouldn't say this out loud because I'm sure some of my league mates are listening. I have the fourth pick tonight, half PPR. This is a St. Jude draft, not the FFT Open draft, but one from last year that we gave away. Really hoping for Bijan at four. That's the good thing about four. I, I know I'm going to come away loving my pick. You know. All right. Don't so take what's Bichon. your what's your
2: fallback if Bijan goes in the first three? Probably McCaffrey.
0: Chase? No, it's, well, McCaffrey. I don't think Chase will be there, but probably McCaffrey or, or Eckler. I'll take either Chase, McCaffrey, or Eckler. All right, uh, last combo. You start with Justin Jefferson. Now I'm going to give you three combos. What's your favorite? Ramondre Stevenson and Jalen Hurts. Ramondre Stevenson and Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith and T. Higgins.
2: I've done all of those combinations except for the quarterback one. So I will say I kind of like going with the three receivers because it gives you, you know, the three potential top 12 guys, especially PPR. And then that running back value that you see in rounds four, five, and six can still give you a very solid roster. So I, I like the receivers the best.
3: Yeah. I mean, this one's definitely format dependent and there's like six different correct answers. But for a PPR league where you can start three wide receivers, I'll go with Jamie and the three wide receivers.
0: I guess I should have given you like, Jalen Hurts and Devontae Smith or Jalen Hurts and T. Higgins.
3: Yeah, it would have been the answer for me.
0: Okay. That makes more sense. So what what would Jamie if you could do that combination? You start with Jefferson. No, I not change it. No. All right, you stick with the three receivers.
2: Yeah, I, I like Bijan better than the quarterbacks. I mean, I'm sorry, I like uh, Ramon J. better than the quarterback. I like
0: Bijan me. better than them too. <laughs> I didn't know he was gonna be available. All right, let's do some risers and fallers. Jamie Deshaun Watson is a is he a just a winner or is he an actual rankings riser? no
2: i moved him ahead of richardson in uh in, in redraft rankings um i i think you know you just look at again we're talking upside and you know you've talked about this a lot uh De as what <laughs> watson could be you know if he's if he's back to his form um pre-suspension that there's the there's there's top five upside there you know i don't know if he's gonna get there with this team uh if he's still that type of guy but he looked great he really did you know and uh, that was without Cooper and a banged up Elijah Moore. You know, so we'll see what this complete offense looks like. But it's a great offensive line. It's a very good receiving core. He's going to have a run game to support him. If he runs a little bit, like we saw, you know, there's the there's a chance for him to be, you know, again another quality fantasy quarterback. And so I don't know if he has as much upside as Tua. That's the one I think that I'll struggle with because Tua right now is is nine for me. Watson is ten, um, but they're they're very close in terms of what the upside could be.
0: A lot of scampering from Deshaun Watson. All right, another game, another winner, a riser is Khalil Herbert and Kenneth Gainwell. We talked about them. Ty Chandler, are you drafting him right now? If you were drafting today, Ty Chandler as a handcuff to Alexander Madison,
2: as a handcuff and as you know, late round dart throw. You know, without drafting Madison, you know these are the type of guys that if there's an injury or Madison struggles again, it's first time being in this in this role, and you know some of the metrics are terrible for Madison, so. If this is a guy in Chandler who had a good preseason last year and is off to a good start this year, you know, gets the chance to be in that starter's role for whatever reason, could end up being a top-20 running back. So these are the type of guys I like to take with late-round picks.
0: You moved DJ Moore up. We talked about that. You moved him ahead of Jerry, Judy, and Keenan Allen. Tank Dell, he's still, even since Friday, he had his big game on Thursday. Even since Friday on NFC, Tank Dell was wide receiver 75 in average draft position. Where is Tank Dell for you? Houston rookie Tank Dell.
2: He's in the fifties. You know, I, I think, again, you just look at this receiving core and I we've talked about this a lot. You know, I, I like Nico Collins the best, but there's going to be an opportunity here for at least one receiver to be North of a hundred targets and, and maybe two guys to be in that range. And, and, you know, Mechie's going to be uh, a factor, Robert Woods. I know we don't want to expect that, but he's going to be a factor. Dalton Schultz is obviously going to be a factor, but you know, all you're hearing is great practice reports. And, and forget about the preseason, because everything that he did was with, you know, not C.J. Stroud. All five of his catches were from Davis Mills. Um, it's not exactly hard to see that he's open all the time. And, you know, D'Amico Ryan's in the media session, I think it was on Sunday um, somebody, or Saturday, uh, He they, they were crossing paths in, in the media session, he said to Tank Dell, according to the reporters there, uh, stop killing my defense or something like that. Like, he's just making plays all the time, you know. So it's hard to just say when you talk about the Alan Lazards and the Tyler Boyds and the the guys in Carolina and, you know, some of these situations here, uh, a guy that C.J. Stroud reportedly wanted. Um, I know where he worked out in the pre-combine stuff and, and the work that he put in and the type of player that he is. Uh, it's just somebody I think you get excited about the late round pick.
0: Would you take Tank Dell or a Giants wide receiver?
2: Tank Dell. Tank Dell.
0: Okay. Would you take Tank Dell? <laughs> unless unless
2: Wondell was 100% healthy, which we know is not the case.
0: Is this crazy uh, to Tank Dell or to Kadarius Tony?
2: That's crazy, right? <laughs> um, they're in the same range for me. I think if, if Tony's definitely guaranteed to play week one, I'd probably take him but just because of his quarterback, but it's not that far off.
0: Okay. And Dalton Kincaid is a riser for you. He's tight end 13 in Fantasy Pro's ADP. Where's Dalton Kincaid for you?
2: He's 12th. So, again, replacing Dolchitz for me. Um, I just like the fact that he played every snap with the starters. And you've heard, again, nothing but positive reports this training camp. So, upside. You know, we we, we say this a lot at at quarterback and tight end. You know, when you get to these late-round picks, who's got upside and he has as much as anybody so um you could say the also ran guys of tyler higby and joan johnson and gerald everett and those guys and you know still want to take a chance on dolchitz i get it you know laporta same same thing you know i think just these guys have the opportunity to be with Certainly in Kikade's situation, you know, a a quarterback that is going to be fantastic, a system that's going to be fantastic, a team that went out and targeted him aggressively, taking him the first round and trading up to go get him in the first round. So as long as he doesn't flop because it's too much for him to handle, which doesn't sound like it's going to be the case, there's a lot to like there.
0: I don't think this is the first preseason where we've been fretting a little bit about seeing Adam Troutman play ahead of someone. And then Troutman never does anything when the regular season comes around. Who has done something playing with him? I feel like maybe I mean, Jared, Hill. maybe Jared Cook? Am I getting the years mixed up? I, 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 I
2: don't remember. I don't think it's it's about Adam Troutman being better than Greg Dolchitz, at least not for me. It's just about there there's a potential speed bump or roadblock that is going to keep Dolchitz from taking that next step. And so it's not a complete, oh my God, don't draft Greg Dolchitz or completely run away from him. But when you're starting to look at upside here, who do you want to trust? Do you want to trust maybe the third target for Josh Allen, or the third target for Russell Wilson.
1: Yeah,
3: all right, and that's and that's a big maybe. I think those those when we've gotten excited about like the Mike Gesicki types, the tight ends who aren't really tight ends and they're more like wide receivers. But I don't know how many of those guys have actually exceeded expectations over the last few years. Like if he's gonna if Dolce is gonna play fifty to sixty percent of the snaps, and be behind Judy and Sutton in terms of targets on a bad offense, I just it's hard to maybe he scores a bunch of touchdowns. It's about the only path.
0: Okay, let's see before we get to Heath's Risers, and we've actually I think we've covered all of them except for one, uh, let's see what people are saying about the bear in the YouTube chat, and it runs the gamut. Uh, the bear is great from Sean. Season one is great, Season two is good. From Adam, the bear is similar to Jamal Williams, not flashy or super exciting, but is solid and gets the job done. Uh, from David, the bear is unbearable. And from No Thank You, Adam as head chef in The Bear. Redo this dish. You use mustard. This isn't supposed to be spicy. (laughs) Mustard is spicy. Of course it's spicy. Like it's That's the thing about Are you talking about
2: regular mustard being spicy?
0: Yeah, it's a little spicy. What? It's a little spicy.
2: Yellow mustard is spicy?
0: I think so. Maybe I haven't had it in so long, but I, I think it is. What do you put on your hot dogs? Ketchup. Well, I don't put anything on my hot dogs. I just enjoy the hot dog, you know. You go plain. Yeah,
2: just drizzle a little extra hot
3: dog water on it. and You're good to go.
2: <laughs> I went to uh, I went to Marlins Yankees on Saturday. Good Uh-oh. showing by your team, by the way, this weekend. <sighs> um, and uh, so I got four hot dogs for myself and my three kids. Two went with nothing on it, and the only smart one was the five year old who had ketchup and mustard.
0: All right, but like, there's a scene in The Bear where they're they're catering at a kids party and. The guy, they're making hot dogs. And he says, where would you put the ketchup? And the guy says, I didn't bring any ketchup. Why didn't you bring ketchup? He says, because who puts ketchup on a hot dog? And he said, kids. I guess that's who puts ketchup on a hot dog. All right. Heath, your only riser that we haven't talked about. He's gave me Gainwell, Khalil Herbert, DJ Moore, Tank Dell, uh, New Orleans wide receiver A.T. Perry. So this is something you were referencing at the beginning of the show.
3: Another guy who didn't play with the starters, but really, really popped with Jameis Winston, especially that first drive um, against some of the chief starters. Like he, uh, he just destroyed. I think it was McDuffie um, out of the slot. Looked really, really good. And listen, like the guys who are definitely ahead of him, Chris Olave, who couldn't even catch a pass. And no, <laughs> Chris Olave. But then it's Michael Thomas, and we know what the injury concerns are with him. And like Rashid Shaheed is a, a big time question mark. So there's, there's a path. I don't think Perry like moves up into the, where we're ranking him in the top 60 wide receivers or anything like that, but he's in my top 200. Now he's on that list of guys who I like a, a lot of people in dynasty leagues, including my leagues. You don't get to add anybody through most of training camp. And then you get to that final week of the preseason or whatever. And waivers pops up and there's six, six guys you want to add. I think Perry should be one of those guys.
0: Okay, I want to throw out some possible rankings risers uh, or just guys that impressed maybe and see what you guys think. But before I do that, Heath, let me get your thoughts on Khalil Herbert, because you were I know you were concerned about the pass protection thing. And I do think it's worth pointing out on the first play of the game. In my opinion, Khalil Herbert pretty much whiffed on pass protection. Uh, but then of course he had the 56 yard touchdown catch and run, which was very nice, even though he sort of bobbled the ball, but, uh, you're moving him up. Okay. What does that mean? Give me a little context there.
3: He was at the nine, 10 turn for me. He's now going to be at the eight, nine turn. I still have him, um, behind deandre swift but th- there's room for him to still move up into that round seven ish range if if this continues i thought it was kind of a mixed bag for him because like obviously that the catch was awesome um the the pass protection was not and then roshan johnson who is the best probably pass protector on the team looked fantastic as a runner against lesser competition um so i i do think that there's still some concern that this is a big ugly mess at running back for the bears, but it was nice that he made a big play.
0: Okay. I would throw out Cortland Sutton and Romeo Dobbs as winners. Just the targets look it's so hard to make a lot of it, but make a lot out of it. But Dobbs, especially cause he's going so late. Sutton is about around pick 100 they were really involved. And the thing about Dobbs is there was a training camp, I believe it was in The Athletic, the beat writer predicted who would lead the team in catches. And he predicted Romeo Dobbs would lead the team in catches. And I think that was after they drafted Jaden Reed. Um, and, and then we had a, a, I think I said training camp, I meant like mini camp. Um, and we had a report, I don't know, sometime in the last few months that Love just kept looking for Dobbs and we always dismiss it. But there he was. I believe he out-targeted Watson three to two. It wasn't a huge deal. Did he catch a touchdown, Romeo Dobbs? He did, right? Yes. Um, so Dobbs and Sutton, to me, are guys that had good preseasons. Preseason week one, at the very least, I'd say, got off on the right foot. Your thoughts? They're,
2: e- they're easy picks after pick 100 based on ADP right now. So it's just, you know, these are the type of guys that you draft as either wide receiver four, or in some cases wide receiver five on your roster that could be in that mix to be the number three wide receiver i don't know how much higher the ceiling is unless really a lot of things break right but there's certainly the potential there especially you know you look at dobbs and and playing with you know a guy in in the same class uh rookie wide receiver class and we saw what happened in the first you know five or six games last year before Dobbs had the toe injury that he was the better of the two rookies so i, I think there's a lot to like about that uh i just want to give a quick shout out though to i, I keep referencing this so xp sports is the the trainer i keep referencing listen to the guys that they had training this year. We've already talked about a couple of them. Tank Dell and A.T. Perry. Um, Jameer Gibbs was with them. Ray Rice was with them. Jaden Reed was with them. Uh, Jordan Addison was with them. Chase Brown. Um I'm trying to think. Kenny McIntosh. DeMario Douglas is another guy to keep an eye on. Could be one of the top three receivers there for the Patriots had a good preseason game. It's a very impressive group. So uh, I just want to give them a little, little shout out, a little respect, because they're always good to me. and. Um, having a good start so far to the rookie campaign, the guys that they train.
0: Let's take a break here. uh, And when we come back, I want to get your rankings fallers and ask you about one player in particular who I will deem the most
4: interesting man in fantasy football this year. We'll be right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash cbssports. That's tailorbrand dot com slash So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands.
1: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: Who's the most interesting man in fantasy football? It's Anthony Richardson. What did you guys think of Anthony Richardson's preseason debut?
2: I thought he... Uh, the interception is going to get blown out of proportion, um, that he was trying, you know, I, I I tried to read almost every account from the Colts beat writers to see what it was that they were seeing and what they saw. Um, that I think the common theme was he was trying to play a little bit too much hero ball. A little bit was Isaiah McKenzie didn't flatten out his route, um, on the RPO. But I think a lot of the the response out of it was how he responded from that. And Alec Pierce, if he catches that touchdown, yeah. We, we probably feel a little bit different because the throw was there. It was, it was a nice throw to the, to the corner uh, at the pylon. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I think there's, there's mixed reviews. Um, and and this was part of my struggle with Deshaun Watson moving ahead of Richardson. Cause again, talking about upside, you know, who has more upside of those two guys, but I think there's certainly more downside for Richardson, which is why I made that switch. So, um, but yeah, I, I was, I was not swayed at all by his lack of overwhelming stats and certainly a lack of rushing, because I think that's certainly going to be there for him.
0: I think at the very least you'd have to say Richardson didn't, didn't do anything that would give the Colts reason to say, oh, we cannot start him in week one. I mean, it wasn't the catastrophic, holy cow, he's not ready, right? I mean, the pick was awful. So. I don't know if the pick was awful because I do think McKenzie, I do think the route had something to do with it. But, yeah, the pick wasn't good. Uh, he's not going to be as good as Gardner Minshew. I mean, they've already said that. But he certainly recovered nicely. Yeah. Yeah,
2: okay. but the, the, those those are the kind of mistakes that you're going to see probably weeks one through seven. There's going to be like three or four of those over the course of that time. Like, oh my god, what did he do? You know, yeah. the question is, is it going to be Jameis Winston? What did he do? And they're pick sixes and they never stop, or is it going to be okay? He matures and he understands and he and and they're fixable. And that was the thing I I I read a lot of fixable mistake. You know, so is is it he doesn't have to force it there? Understand what's happening. You know, and and is McKenzie replaced by Josh Downs, and as he gets better, that's the the spot that he's playing too. So, yeah, I, I, it was ugly, but I I don't think there's it should be all on him.
0: Okay, rankings fallers Heath. We've already talked about Greg Dulcich. He didn't fall for you, but he's a he's a loser. Jamie's already talked about that. If you you can add on if you want. You talked to me about Jonathan Taylor. Brees Hall though is a faller for you.
3: Yeah, it's just like. I'm getting more and more nervous. And it's, I'm probably not going to drop him any more than this. I've got him in the round like 5-6 range now. But I don't think that he's going to be a feature back this season. I think it's going to be a committee like it's been a committee of almost every year that Hackett's run an offense. And I don't like the fact that he's still not 100% at this point in the preseason. And, and it just got a little bit closer to the start of the season and him st- still not being ready. And so I dropped him a little bit
0: further. Okay, who did you move him behind? Well, I've got him, like,
3: looking at the list of the of the rankings here. It's on our consensus rankings. It's Hall, Montgomery, Javante Williams, Kamara, Ken Walker, Cam Akers. And I have him behind all of those guys except for Ken Walker.
0: Okay, you have Javante Williams ahead of him? I do. <sighs> Jamie, do you have Javante Williams or Brees Hall?
2: Still Brees Hall, but it's the same concerns. You know, I, I mean, the fact that Williams is back is clearly a, a benefit to him, but I just don't think he's as good a player. The thing that's shocking to me, though, is when I see these analyst drafts where Brees Hall still goes at the 2-3 turn or early in the third round, I just don't understand that. Right. You know, so I, I think the, the hope would be, and this is why I still would draft Brees Hall in the round four, round five range, but he doesn't typically fall that far, is that he has... a a longer stretch but the type of finish that jk dobbins had last season but it's not just a four game sample size it's hopefully an eight game sample size and maybe they're being cautious and holding him out but you know you have to factor in when you're doing a draft with Brees hall a that he's not healthy and b that there's still the chance of dobbin cook coming so i understand why you know people like heath are moving off of him completely uh you know you're not going to get him in that range because somebody's going to take a chance on him sooner than that so if you're just out you're out and so you might as well just go with the guys that you're going to take ahead of him. And in Heath's case, you're taking those guys. I, I still view Javante Williams being safe. You know, So if I'm looking at who has more upside between those two, I think Brees Hall is more upside.
0: Okay, let's talk about Jamie's rankings fallers. The only one we haven't spoken about so far is Deontay Foreman, um, although spend spent enough time talking about Khalil Herbert. I think it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, we're just kind
2: of tying it into them.
0: Yeah, is he the last running back you take on the Bears now how long has that been the case if that is the case
2: he, from the, from the draft uh you know I I I really like the potential of Roshan Johnson you know and and he had a nice run you know I I think if you if you saw you know he broke some tackles and
4: yeah
2: you know it's going to be a presence for them so this isn't a Khalil Herbert's escaped any competition but I think if you just look at it okay who played the most with the starters and then how did the backup sort of shake out and and Foreman was you know, definitely behind uh, uh, Herbert, and I don't think has as much upside as as Johnson does. But there's going to be, you know, probably a stretch in the season. You know, hopefully it's not more than three or four games where Deontay Foreman probably matters. You know, so you still take a late round flyer on him. It's just a matter of at what point does he get a chance to, you know, get those touchdown opportunities and those rushing opportunities because he's definitely not going to be a factor in the passing game. Never has in his career.
0: So. One player I want to see what happens if they keep playing their starters is Najee Harris, because this was not a good game for Najee Harris. This was not Jalen Warren being used as a third down back. This was a true committee just based on what we saw in one quarter, basically, of preseason football. If that I don't remember how long they played, but I don't know if you guys had any strong thoughts on that. Um I mean, look. Actually, it was a pretty good day for the offense. Pickens' touchdown was really nice. Deontay got a ton of targets, of course, but Najee Harris did not separate himself from Jalen Warren, even in, even in snaps. I don't think, or role.
2: I mean, Heath, you're the you're the anti Najee guy. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: But this is another one of those guys. Like I I didn't move him down because I've I've already got him at like I guess he is still RB seventeen. Um, I could see moving Damian Pierce or Rashad White or James Conner or those guys ahead of him. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm really concerned that he was just propped up by run volume in the second half of last season and, and scoring touchdowns, and that Jalen Warren is better runner and, and definitely better in the passing game right now.
2: You just, you know, the, the thing that should – make you feel good about Najee is the history of the coach. You know, and so is is that going to be a philosophy change that they go with multiple guys? Now you could say, okay, last year we dealt with Najee struggling through the first half of the season because he wasn't healthy dealing with the foot injury. And then maybe Jalen Warren does offer some different things if they are going to consider themselves a playoff team. But, you know, I I think Najee's volume is still relatively safe. It's just a matter of is the ceiling for his volume safe? You know, so he's going to be the lead running back there. It's just going to be a 70-30 split, which is probably something we've never seen. I don't know the exact math on it, but, you know, is it 60-40? Is it 50-50? Then you really got to be panicked on Najee. You know, so 70-30 I'd be okay with. You know, give Jalen Warren some work, let Najee get through the season healthy. Uh, but, yeah, it's 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 certainly – you can't draft Najee, I think, comfortably anywhere close to the second round, you know, and even early part of the third round is a little bit risky at this point too. And
3: I do I – do, like, could we use the Mike Tomlin has never used a committee – in favor of Jalen Warren, like if Warren just continues to be better than Najee Harris, does it become that Jalen Warren's just the feature
0: running back? Yeah.
2: That'd be huge, that huge be shift. Wow! <laughs>
0: but you know what I think may have happened. I have to go back and look. I'm looking at their at the play log right now. I guess it was only one possession, and those guys had a great drive, 83 um, yard touchdown drive. I think. Man, they remember what the Eagles did when they played their starters last year in the preseason, they came out and they threw and threw and threw and threw and threw. And they two years ago, they were the most run-heavy team in football by far, and then they came out and just unleashed Jalen Hurts. And it was kind of a sign of things to come. And I actually think this might be a little underrated here, under the radar anyway. Kenny Pickett, shotgunned. Kenny Pickett, shotgun pass. Kenny Pickett, shotgun pass. Those were the first three plays. They were in the shotgun most of the drive, if not all of the drive. And throwing the ball most of the drive, and they had a very nice touchdown drive to start the quarter. So is that a sign of things to come? The reports have been they're going to be run heavy. They were not in this possession.
3: And if you just put a blindfold, not a blindfold wouldn't work, then you wouldn't be able to see it. But just (laughs) all you could see was the history of Matt Canada as a play caller. What would look like an anomaly would be the second half of last year when they were run heavy. He's been insanely pass heavy
0: yeah, something to keep in mind. Sometimes you can I think
2: they players. are also a little bit more pass-heavy than we give them credit for last year because didn't Kenny Pickett suffer concussion toward the end of the season?
0: I don't think... Maybe? I don't remember that. I don't know.
2: It felt like the after he came back, they were a little bit more gun
0: It was really the last eight games or nine games yeah. after their bye. Uh, yeah. He did. Yeah, he He came out in the Baltimore game, and then he missed the Carolina game weeks 14 and 15. <sighs>
2: And it was also, I mean, clearly they were going through some quarterback shuffling because of his situation, Trubisky, you know, starting the season. You know, look, they might just have more faith in Pickett. Yeah, it's exactly. a, it's a,
1: Right.
2: It's an excellent receiving core on paper. You know, if Allen Robinson has anything left to offer, because we we like, to whatever degree, Johnson, Pickens, and, and Fryer move. You know, so those guys have a lot to show. I will say this, though, the the Pickens touchdown, that safety took such an awful route to try and tackle him. <laughs> it was so bad. So bad, you know. He's just making these highlight plays. I, w- I wonder how much of that's going to carry over the regular season. Are people going to overdraft him, or are you going to be okay? I don't trust it yet. I'm I'm so fascinated by it. his ADP on our side is a little bit too crazy. He's like wide receiver twenty-seven. Um, he's man. going ahead of Deontay Johnson. Now again, our ADP takes into account PPR and non and half PPR all combined. So non PPR, you want to make a case that he's going to score more touchdowns than Deontay Johnson? I get that, but I still wouldn't have that much spare. The twenty-four picks apart. Right now in our day ADP. Wow. Like give give me Deontay yeah. Johnson all day. And 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 I I if this is the case, Pickens can score all the touchdowns he wants. I'm gonna win a nice lunch from Dave because three targets to one <laughs> and just that small sample size. <laughs>
3: um Adam, I did what was that week that Watt came back? Uh after the bye. Uh after the bye. Week ten. Because I was just looking like it. it I don't know. Kenny Pickett basically averaged 33 pass attempts per game in the games that he started. There were two games where he got the concussion after one pass and then missed a game. Mm -hmm. But he was at 32, 33 pass attempts even in the second half after Watt came back.
0: Um, I don't know about that. Uh, Well, he had a game with 42 pass attempts. He had a game with 39. The other five games, he had 30, 28, 28, 27, and 29.
3: So that's, that would be an average of about 32 to 33.
0: Okay. And then look at his, look at his uh, three starts before that, or maybe before the bye 52, 44, 38. I don't remember which games were partial here. I think he had two partial games, but the only three games that he completed, he threw a lot more. I mean, if you want me to tell I can tell you Najee Harris averaged a lot more carries per game after the bye.
3: Right. I'm wondering how many of those, how that is being impacted by those two games that Kenny Pickett didn't play.
0: I don't know. It's probably not worth investigating because, you know, look, it's a new year. Hopefully, if they do have more confidence and he's better, if he's just good, then uh, they they could really surprise people with their passing stats this year. I hope they I hope they continue to play their starters. I hope we get some more clues. Um, all right. Other things here real quick. Baker Mayfield definitely had the better game than Kyle Trask. Um, Trey Lance was awful.
2: Oh, my, oh my God. God right. Terrible. Unprofessional. <laughs> point, you know, look. To be fair, to be fair, he didn't have any weapons and he has he's played what like four games now in the last four seasons. <laughs> like what is it? How many times has he actually been on a football field? But he looked bad. And again, if you're just looking at it, you know, hopefully not a blindfold on, but if you're just looking at the box score, <laughs> uh, that, that that touchdown to Ross Dwelly was not a <laughs> pretty pass at all.
0: No, no. It was deflected off of a Raider and into the arms of Ross Dwelly. So Trey Lance, uh not a good not a good outing for him. No. Let's see. Oh, the Washington running backs were interesting. Brian Robinson, he didn't play on third down, but he did play on a first and 20, and then a second, I think, an even longer. So he was in on obvious passing downs. He even caught a screen pass, Brian Robinson. Evan Hull started for the Colts. Deion Jackson was in on the next possession. Those guys kind of rotated. Um, Drake didn't play, right? No, I don't know. But it was, it was Hull and Jackson to start. Uh, let's see, Jahan Dotson, awesome route that he ran on his touchdown. And Jawan Johnson, two catches on two targets on the one drive with the starters with Derek Carr. Tight end 16 on CBS, tight end end 19 on Fantasy Pros. Final thought on Jawan Johnson?
2: He's a good, great, or late, late option.
3: I think tight end 16 to 19 sounds just about right.
2: I think if you go in with a... Laporta, Dalt, uh, Kincaid, one of those two. That's a good second tight end to pair him with if you can't get somebody better.
0: Look at this wonderful audience. 1,300 people watching today on YouTube. Thank you so much. Please hit that like button. If we—if you think we earned the like, hit that like button. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning with our favorite sleepers, 2023. Have a great day, everybody. See you later.